I will tell you what, you know what? Uh, God is a, is, a, is, a, is a good God. He gives good gifts, doesn't he? And I, I tell you, a lot of times we get focused on a whole lot of different things of what somebody else has and different things like that. But I'm going to tell you what, I got, I got a couple of gifts that I believe the Lord wants to share with us. Is that all right? Okay. Well, I'll tell you what, we got a little surprise. We got a little surprise. Anybody like surprises? I'm going to ask Miss Tanya to come up for a second. And Tim, can you come up? All right. All right, let's see. All right. Good, 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 good. Well, I'm going to tell you what. A little gift from God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. A little gift from God. I know what you like. I got it just for you. Tim, go ahead. See what you got. Upset about it. They just keep rubbing it in my face. 
<laughs> Thomas did good with that part there too. All of them did. That's it. Oh my goodness. But isn't that the way life is sometimes? People just, they see what everybody else has and miss out on what they have. And I hope today as we look through God's word and, and study it, that we really see that God's got just what we need at the right time that we you know, I always talk about God's time and, you know, each and everybody here today. You know, you're not here by accident. It's not just, well, I think today would be a good day to come. We pray daily for the folks coming in and coming through and going here. And we're so grateful to have you guys here. But, you know, everything we look at sometimes, it just comes back to this. What, what is our focus on? You know, when we're experiencing different things, we say, well, you know, how is that? Is that promoting unity? You know, when you're looking, well, he's got this and I got this and. You know, start looking at all the different sizes of gifts and I don't know. You know, I'm just trying to wrap my mind around it because we deal in that in so many different aspects. Spiritual gifts, natural, all those things. But today, you know, if we're not careful, a lot of this stuff is where we can really let it creep into the church. You know what I mean? And so, you know, if you're not careful, you see jealousy, bitterness, insecurity. And sometimes even feeling inadequate and feeling like, you know, my gift doesn't matter. Well, I'm here to tell you your gift matters. Your gift matters. If you don't hear anything else, I want you to understand your gift matters. And God has gifted each of us with something. And we can use it for the glory of God. Amen? And I tell you what I've seen. As we're faithful with that, He adds to it. Can anybody say amen to that? You know? Because He wants us to just continue to just give Him the glory with that. And, And that's just not the way God works as far as just, you know, picking and choosing and things like that. He knows what we need. You know, in a skit that, you know, Jesus being portrayed, He says, I, I know what you need. I know what you need. I know what you need. Isn't it good to know that we have a Heavenly Father that knows exactly what we need? How many times, well, let me ask you this. How many people are thankful for some prayers that have not been answered? You know? You know, because we think we know what's best. I just, I want that job, and I want that boyfriend, and I want that car, and all the in-between, and all that. And then later on, you found out, man, Lord, I'm glad we went with you instead of with me. So I want you to hear that today, that God is in control. And, you know, I think the best part of that skit is when she was really so focused on what she didn't have, she almost missed out what she did have. And with that, you know, I was thinking about that, and I really like that skit because you hold that up, and she's so focused on this, but she missed seeing Jesus in the midst of it. See, a lot of times we can focus on what we don't have and miss, miss, miss out on what we do have. And so she had a great gift. She had a special view of Jesus, and he knows her better than he knows herself. He knows each of us better than we even know ourselves, and that's a good thing. And so I want you to rest in that today, as if your gift doesn't look as shiny as somebody, or you don't understand something that maybe somebody else understands, whatever it is, you can tag it to it. If God is in the center of it, you get everything you need, amen? you got everything you need, and he will grow that. So he knows right where you are as a time such as this, and he looks at how... How we respond to that. So what I want to do today is kind of, we're going to cover a lot of ground today. But I wanted to pull out different folks in the Bible and, and look how they uh, kind of went with what God's gifting was. And see their responses. Does that sound alright? I guess it does. Alright. Maybe y'all were loud earlier, man. What's going on? I want, I want to hear y'all get with it. Well, size doesn't matter. I want to talk about a few things. He said, what are you talking about, buddy? Well, look at this. Let's see what we got. What about David and Goliath? I want to talk to you a little bit about some of the different Different folks in the Bible. You know, did, did size matter to David when he went up against Goliath? No. You know, he was passionate about his focus on the Lord and what he did have. And he focused on, on the size of his God, not on the size of Goliath. Amen. So I'm here to ask you, what's standing in between you 
in your breakthrough? Oh, it gets quiet now, right? What's standing in between us and our breakthrough? A lot of times it might be something as simple as this. You know, we're using this can of Coke, this small can of Coke this morning, as just an illustration, but it could be something that small. Could it be unforgiveness? Could it be a, what? You name it. But you know what? God will work that out. Well, I kept thinking about a few other folks in the Bible. How about this? How about Noah? Think about Noah. He said it took a hundred years to build that boat. Son, that's a long time, man. That's <laughs> a long time, you know? And he got laughed at, he got criticized. And, and I want you to remember this. I'm going to give you a little something to tie to right here. Genesis chapter 2, 5 and 6 says this. That the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth, but there went up a mist from the earth and watered the whole face of the ground. It's very likely that it had never rained before. Ain't that something? Now here you are. I say, I'm going to build this big ark. It's taking you a hundred years. Everybody thinks you're crazy. And you tell them it's going to rain and they go, what's that? What's happening? What are you talking about? You know? And what Noah do? Hammer time. Give me another one. Keep on going. Give me another one. Keep on focusing on that. You know? So look at that. Sometimes we just got to keep that passion, keep that focus on what we do know. And what we do know is God is a giver of good gifts. Amen? Oh, what about Moses? I love old Moses, right? Moses had a tough deal to give. You know, I love reading in Moses uh, in the book and, and looking back on things that God talked about Moses and different things that he's, he's shared over the time. And you know, he, can you think about things when he goes up to that burning bush? And he goes, Moses! Moses! Right? Man, I don't know. I got y'all awake now. Everybody on the front. Nobody sits on the front row no more, right? <laughs> I had to share that. I had to share that. But you know, a lot of times, here you are looking at Moses, right? Now, I, I was thinking about this last night. When we see Moses in the movie, right? He's a strong, strapping guy, you know? But the Bible talks about, you know, he, he was slow to speak. He, he wasn't real good speak. You know, so here he goes. God says, you know what? You're my man. I'm going to send you back. And can you imagine going with a stick and a speech impediment to go up against Pharaoh? That's not good, right? That's what we see. God says, he says, well, who do I say sent him? He says, I am, I am, that I am. I am everything you need. I'll get you through, amen? That's what I want us to focus on today, that we can continue to see what God has for us and look at all the blessings that he has in the midst of that. I, I was thinking more and more about the, the Moses. And, uh, you know, he, he had some rough folks to deal with, didn't he, when he was trying to lead them out of uh, Egypt. And, and so let's look at a few of them. What about those grumbling Israelites? Huh? I, I thought about that, man. That's a pretty big task. So he's going and, and, and we're looking through all these different things that he's got to do. And, and see, we talked about size doesn't matter. They were a whole nation. Size. They had the size, but they didn't have the right attitude. Amen? That, that can make all the difference in the world. And you look at that thing right there. So we continue to look at this. this is, I wrote down, I said, they had the size, but they had the wrong attitude. They had, they had seen the miracles of the Red Sea. They had walked through on an open, a dry land. They had manna, right? They had meat to eat. Cloud uh, by day by day for shade. They had a pillow of fire by night. They even had a rock that follows them around to produce water for a whole nation. Think about that. Now look at this. They get on down, and y'all know the story. And they come to the promised land. And the Lord tells Moses to put together... Uh, Twelve guys are going to take a look around. And the two that we hear about is Joshua and Caleb. And they go in and they look around and they say, man, we can do this. God is with us. Amen. We can do this thing. And they come back and ten other guys had a bad attitude. What happens with a bad attitude? It spreads, doesn't it? 
Just as well as a good attitude. Because you could change the whole culture of your work or your family or whatever with a great attitude. Now I'm talking about attitude. I'm not talking about just be positive. I'm talking about let God work through you. That's what I'm talking about. Having our attitude and our focus fixed on the Lord Jesus Christ. And so here we go, going back to the 12 guys, right? They go back. What happened? The attitudes of the 10 spies outweighed ones of the two. And what did it cost them then? You know what? The people in, in, in Egypt, the Israelites wanted to go back to Egypt. And because even where they've been, they've talked about going back and it's, look at this. It says, you know, why don't you just take us back? But look, they've been beaten, worked hard, and they, and they missed it. They missed it. They were looking at this. They had seen all the things that the Lord had did. Open the Red Sea. Right? Give them food. Gave them shelter. Gave them everything. You know, the Bible even talks about their clothes didn't even wear out. That's pretty good. I got buttons screaming most of the time by the end of the day. Amen? But no, he, he provides. He provides and all those things. So we come on down here. And this is what I love. I want to read this. Just what I put down there. See, the Israelites thought that their enemies were the reason that they couldn't get to the promised land. But the scripture proves that it was their attitude that kept them wandering around in the wilderness. Forty years. They didn't trust God to provide for them. They were in the desert and a whole generation passed away. Isn't that amazing? What is it that we allow to keep God's best from us? You know, I keep going back to the skit. And, and you know, Tanya's playing a part of somebody that just looks at what everybody else has, what everybody else is doing, focused on everything else. And if you take that same energy and focus that on the Lord Jesus Christ and your relationship, let me tell you, it'll blossom. And God will point out things that we need to adjust in our life and show us how to work in those things. And we're not alone because he gives us his Holy Spirit to help us with those things. Over and over and over, let me tell you how attitude impacts everything. Now, i got a story for y'all right now. Y'all ready? Y'all ready for this? Yes, we're ready for this. Anybody had a good week? We had a good week. Attitudes impact everything. I was working on this message. I was on this particular slide, and my phone goes off. Bling. Hello. I don't recognize the number, and this guy said, I'm Mr. Such and Such from this such and such company, and I want to talk to you about such and such and put in for a job. I said, Great. What can I do for you? What do, what do you want to know? He said, Well, that's why I'm calling. I said, Well, let me just tell you. And I'm working on how attitude impacts everything. I said, Well, they got a great attitude, they got a great work ethic. I said, You know, it's amazing how that'll change everything. And the guy said, You know what? You're the second person I called about, your friend here, and that's exactly what they say. He said, you know what, I had somebody that I hired last week and I had them in, in the office for, for a week and their attitude was so bad, he said, I had to let them go. And I need somebody. I need somebody that I can trust. I said, Sam, you got a good deal coming your way. And I talked to this guy for 25 minutes, right? And I started unpacking my sermon, right? And he went from, I'm going to give him a call to it. I'm going to hire him. And I'm going, God's good, God's good, right? And, and I'm getting to preach Jesus at the same time. And the guy was telling me about different things in his company and, and how this company had opportunities to grow and everything else and, and how God had been blessing them. And, and, you know, he just wanted to make sure he got the right person. And, and he's so glad that he got to talk to a couple people and they all on the same sheet. Unity, harmony, peace, power. And I said, man, you know what? I'm working on this message right here. He goes, man, that's right on time. And let me just turn this right here. Look at this. Philippians 2, 5 says, In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. 
Now that's cool, isn't it? Oh, it gets better. Are you ready? Are you ready? He calls and hires my friend, but they get a raise before they start. Get us on a hand clap. God's good. That God is so good. Man, let me tell you, you don't think people's listening and watching and, and looking? You know what? When you, when you come out, you're representing your family. You're representing the Lord. And let me tell you, there's people that are still sensitive to that. And there's people that still believe in that. And I'm excited to see what God's going to do. Let's go back to where we are here. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. What's the mindset of Christ, right? How do you relate to others? Out of love, out of, out of passion, uh, out, of, out of patience, humbling, caring. And this is what I want you to remember. Remember, it's not just Christ in us, but Christ living through us. You ready for this? Re- living a spirit-filled life is not a list of rules. It's resting in Him as He lives through us. Think about that. If it's a bunch of, bunch of rules, man, we just get all wrapped up in it. And, and, and it starts to become hard, doesn't it? What can I do? What I can't do? I'll never forget. A friend of mine told me when he came to, 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 to being a Christian, he thought that it was like having a stop sign around his neck. I got to stop this. I got to stop this. I got to stop this. But as he learned it was a relationship, he said it was really more like a yield sign. I said, what do you mean? He said, as I would yield my life to Christ, Things just smoothed out. I no longer had some of those desires. You know? And the desires that I do have, God continued to change them and mold them into that of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the power of the Spirit of God working in our life. You know what? Trying to keep the rules and regulations. I'll do better next time. I'll do better next time. I'll do better next time. Instead of letting it flow out of, Lord, I love you. Help me with this. It's all the difference in the world. Because you know what? When we're trying to do it ourselves, look what happens. There's pressure. Oh man, I got, I got to do better. I got to do that. I got to do. And God says, "Just be and abide." Amen. That's a, that's a big lesson in there, and I think we're all working in that. Well, let's take a look at this. Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are His dear children. Ephesians five one. Man, a Christian who does. I want y'all to hear this. I, I took my time to write this out. A Christian, a believer, a Christian who doesn't believe that they are totally accepted by God or does not understand their new identity finds it hard to imitate God or be intimate with God. If you think that you don't measure up, you're going to have problems in your relationship with the Lord. That means we bought the lie. God says, I accept you. So you're accepted in Him, okay? I'm going to take a little time with that today. But you know what? I call it being uh, spiritually gun-shy. I know what. I know, but, but I did this and I said, this, and, we, and we got this emotional roller coaster going on. Instead of realizing God sees you right where you are, what you've done, what you'll do, everything else. He says, I love you. I love you. You know, the greatest example that, that, that I can think about is our children. When we have a child, we love them. They didn't even do nothing we love. Look at that. They're burping and you love them. I mean, you know, it's like, wow, that's cool. Yeah. And then time goes on. And sometimes they upset us, don't they? And sometimes they miss the mark. Do you stop loving them? No. Sometimes it makes seems like it's, sometimes it just seems like you just want them. Maybe if I love them more. Man, look how much God loves us. If you ever doubt how much God loves you, just look to the cross. He gave it all. He gave it all. But I also want you to do something else today. I don't want you to just look at the cross. Just like we said, look past the cross. Because he is risen, Amen. He's risen. And that's the thing that, that I think is so amazing. If you look at other religions. They serve a dead God with a small G. 
We're talking relationships of the live, risen Savior. Amen. The creator of the universe. God of wonders. Amen. That's what we're singing about today. It's time to worship. It's time to wake up and, and understand who we got that's so important as our Savior. And look at this. It's so many times when we must understand that our walk with God is out of his amazing love. Remember we were talking about that? Well, I don't know if I measure up. I just don't know if I measure up. I got a story for you. I might have shared this. I think I shared it a Tuesday night, but it's good enough to repeat again if I did, okay? I heard a story about a, a woman that married this man. She loved this man dearly. And uh, he was a very rigid man. Very rigid man. And, um, you know, he, he gave her, when they got married, a, a list of all the things he wanted her to do. You know, if you love me, this is what you'll do. I want this on this day. I want this here. And this is the way I want this and everything. And she, she did that. And she found it, man, it's, you know, okay, I'm doing this. I'm, I'm doing it. It's almost like a performance. You know what I mean? And time went by and her husband passed away. Well, years go by and she meets another gentleman. She falls head over heels in love. And he just loves her like Christ loves the church. Just grace. He, he serves her. He loves her. He lets her know that he cares about her all the time. And they're married for several years and she goes through a dresser drawer and she finds a sheet of paper with all those rules from the first husband. I want you to do this, I want you to do that, and I want you to do this. And she looks at that and she smiles. She finds out that she's already doing all that for her second husband and she's doing it with joy because it's out of love. You see what I'm saying? You look at that, look at the things you'll do for your, your family. You just do it because you love them. You know, you'll go down here, you'll run back over here, you take care of this because you love them. You know, there's, I want you to see the difference. Let's go back to the first husband. She was doing it, but no doubt it was grudgingly. Okay, I got to do this. I don't think there's a whole lot of peace. Well, you better have this supper here and you better do this and the house better be clean or whatever the cases would be. But then, in the second husband situation, she was already doing that. But you know what? You know what he was doing? He was loving her. Like Christ loves the church, amen? It's easy when we let God lead. So many times we want to drive, amen? So I hope we hear that today in our relationships, not only with husbands and wives, but moms and dads and families and things like that. Man, getting the attitude of Christ in our heart and living it out makes all the difference in the world, amen? And I, I thought this was amazing. If you, if you picture this, I just I thought about this uh, when I was studying a little bit. God wants a bride. Who's, who's the bride? The church. Amen? He does not want a hostage. Remember that. God doesn't want a hostage. He wants the bride. You know? Can you imagine that? Can you imagine me grabbing Denise? Come She'd probably take me out, man. But I said, come on, baby. Let's go down here. Let's do this. You know? But, but think about that. So many times, isn't that what we kind of picture? If we're not careful, if we're really honest, we think, well, I messed up. and I did this. and I don't know if God's going to, you know, you know what I hear a lot? If I talk to people and they said, I said, well, hey, um, how you doing? Or do, do you go to church? Or just, just in general talking and things like that. And I ask, you know, are you, are you a Christian? They go, yeah. But I, and, and usually what they'll say, if they're not going to church or whatever, they go, yeah, but I don't always do right. But I didn't ask you, did you do right? I asked, did you know Jesus, right? And, and, and I know that their thinking is a lot about, like when we talked with that first husband, you with me? Because they're thinking, yeah, I'm a Christian, but, and they're ducking back behind something. Because I haven't done A, B, C, D. I haven't done all these things. The Lord wants us to abide in Him. It should be a freeing message for us today. I'm not saying all these things aren't important. I'm saying if we do them mechanically, and we just do them as checking off the list, you've already missed it. You've already missed it. 
If you do it out of love, like the way the Lord works in our life, you'll see all the difference. You'll want to you'll want to flow with that. You'll want to love on them. You'll want to walk out on what God's got for us, right? So what are you saying, buddy? We can choose our attitudes. The biggest part of our attitudes come out of our focus. You know, what are we focusing on? You know, if, if you've been focusing on the wrong thing, we're going to have the wrong attitude. And so many times we, we look around and we shouldn't be focusing on everybody else. We should be focusing on who? The Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Stop shopping those gifts. Stop worrying about the neighbors and everything else. So look at this. Let love motivate you. We need to choose to love. I was, I was reading this here. I, I think this is really, really amazing. I want to read it real slow here so we get it. Put this down. I said the only motivation in the Christian life that will consistently sustain a godly lifestyle is love. Think about that. How am I going to sustain my, my marriage? I can do all the things she wants me to do, jump through the hoops. But if there's no love in there, and if it's not based on love, it's nothing but a business deal. It's not much of a marriage. It's not much of a relationship, right? But if it's based out of love, the other things will flow out of that. That's what I hope you're hearing today. That's what I hope you hear today. So how does it all work? Guess what? We got to abound in grace. Amen. Let's take a look at this. Let me click it again. Living out of God's abundance allows peace and joy to reign. You say, well, what is God's abundance? His grace. I remember that message last week with the butterfly. Did y'all like that? Have you been thinking about it this week? You know? Just, just amazing how God transforms us into who we are now as His child. Take a look at this. This is exactly how some people view God. I want to read this real slow for you. Some see Him as a God who demands my love, but the truth is He is someone I can't help but to love. As I come to know Him better and better. Does that make sense? A lot of people see him as a taskmaster. You're going to do this. You're going to do this and all this. I know as a child, not growing up in church, I thought that I knew about God. I knew there was God. I understood that, no problem. But I thought he was some big guy waiting for me to mess up to go, you missed it, man. Where did I get that from? I don't know. Because I thought, well, God's big. He did all this. He's all powerful. He's all knowing. And a lot of times we just go, man, I'm overwhelmed. Now let's take that and change that perspective a little bit and say, this all-knowing, all-creating God loves me, created me, knows every hair on my head, and He wants to be my Heavenly Father. He wants to be my provider. That changes everything, right? That changes everything. And that's the proper understanding of who God is in our life as a believer. Amen? So I hope today that we see that we want to let grace abound, let God work in our life through what Christ has done. We're no longer enemies, right? What's the Bible said? While we were yet sinners, Christ still died for us. You know? So that ought to tell you right there. That's a good deal. Amen? You know? But why is it we know God takes us right there where we are in all our miry muck, and then we think, well, now I've got to be polished up all the time. I don't want you to misunderstand what I'm saying. We want to shine for God. We want to be a mirror of Christ. Please listen to what I'm saying. That's what, we, that's what we're striving to do. But the truth of the matter is, we can't do it on our own. That's why he sent Jesus on the cross to redeem us and renew us and restore us, right? And even at that, he places his spirit in us so that we're not alone. That we can make those course corrections. See, I, I pray that this, this is a message of course correction. 
that it's a message of, of freeing. See, because on Tuesday nights, we're going to go into one of my favorite chapters, Romans chapter 8. And it starts off like this. Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. That sounds like a good deal. Now, somebody will hear that and say, Pastor Buddy said you can do anything you want. Run up that. That's not what I said. I'm saying, stop letting the Bible beat you in the ground and open the Bible and see it as a love letter from God. And walk in that. And, 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 and let God produce that fruit in you. Amen? That's what I hope you're hearing today. I, I hope you see, as we, we come to know Him better and better, guess what? We see a loving, caring Father. Amen? Everybody doing good? Yeah. Alright. Well, you know what the Lord showed me? He said, abiding is the key. Abiding is the key. I wrote this down. I put... The Christian life is not to be lived out in the shadows, but to live out in the sun. And I spell sun, S-O-N. Right? See, a lot of times we just want to sit on the sidelines. But God says, you're my beloved. Can you imagine having a beautiful bride that you love? And you just say, well, just stay back here. I'll come back and get you later. That, you know, that doesn't even make sense, right? Think about what God thinks about you as his child. You ever seen any, any uh, grandparents with their first grandkid? They used to have a wallet this big, and then the first baby come, they got a wallet like this, and you go, oh my goodness, all the pictures come out. Look at this, look at this, look at this, look at this, look at this. I really believe, you know, you've heard the old story of God had a wallet, your picture be in it. I believe that, you know. But you know what's even better? God has a family, and his son is living in us, and he's reflected through us. And that is the goal. Less of me and more him. That's what I hope we hear today. I hope we hear that today. I want you to listen to this. See, see, there comes a point in our life. I want to, I've got to read this slow. I said, babe, buddy, write this down. God's giving you something good. There comes a point in our life that it's just not what we believe, but what we believe is who we actually become. Does that make sense? You can believe it up here, but until it takes hold in your spirit and it comes out in what we do, that's the transformation of God. And guess what? It's a process. Being saved, it happens right here, right now. That's that justification. But God's working in our life, maturing us, right? That makes sense, doesn't it? Teaching us, grooming us into the image of His Son. That's the power of God, working from the inside out. And, and I, I think this is great. You know, there's, there's no second-class Christians, Amen. You ever think about that? I want you to think about it. There's no second class Christians. There's no, as we always say here, yeah, but. Yeah, but. Yeah, but. No. The precious blood that he, he poured out for you, he poured out for me, poured out for him, her. All of it. For the sins of the world. You know why? Because you're worth it. Amen. You're worth it. So I want you to understand that you're worth it today. I want you to understand that, you know what, we need to let grace abound. We need to walk. And I wrote this down too. We need to walk with God and enjoy our faith. I enjoy being saved. I really do. I mean, come with me to the grocery store. You will not get out of there early. I'm talking to everybody. Everything. Our produce man. You know, the pork chop man. I don't care. You know, if I think somebody, you know, somebody getting some milk, I'll be like, how you doing? Did you check the date on that? Yeah. You know what the date is? What is the date? July 27th. I got some yesterday. I said, you know what? Jesus might be back by then. What? I don't care. I'll, I'll, I'll talk about Jesus over a quart of milk. It don't matter. You know what I mean? Whatever is going on, you know? And, 
and you know, you get in line, and there's this opportunity right there. You got a long line, and you know, people up there, and they, they can't go nowhere because you put a little thing down behind them, right? <laughs> so they got to stay. How you doing today? Oh, they go, oh my goodness, see that crazy church guy. No, this is the guy that loves Jesus. And then I see my buddy on the register, he's going, get a pastor, get a pastor. He just go, he ringing them up slow. I get to talk to him. Yeah. Sometimes I, I, I really wanted to go, price check, get him. <laughs> price check. Oh, hey man, let me see what's going on there. You know what? It's amazing how God's working everywhere, everywhere, every day. You know what I mean? But a lot of times we get so busy, we just, we just keep on rolling. We think, ah, you know, I, once I get to this point, then I'll let Jesus work. Oh, talking to anybody. See, there's times that I have to really watch out because I'll be talking about Jesus all day that I forget to talk to Jesus. I'm just being honest. Because I'm on a mission. It's just like this. He's saying, man, I'm going to give you the ball today. I'm like, I got the ball. And I'm ready. And he's telling me what the plan is. And I go, I got the ball. And he's going, I want you. And I go, no, I already got the ball. Y'all ever do that? And then you're way over here. And he goes, you're going the wrong way. Get back over here. But you know what? He'll still let you back in the huddle, won't he? He still will. He'll still give you some water when you're tired out, right? He'll still give you some shade. He's still got the shoulder pads on you if you need them, amen? You see what I'm saying? He doesn't just let you out there and go, ah, oh, well, he's off the team. Come on, bring somebody else in. No. He says, come on back and let's huddle up. See, I really believe that's what we do on Sundays. We kind of huddle up. But we don't have to wait till Sunday. We can just come back in and, and listen to God each and every day. God wants us to abound in him, amen? So, are we enjoying our Christian life? Y'all enjoying your Christian life? I pray that you do because it costs way too much not to. It just costs a whole lot for us to be sitting there with doom and gloom. You know? You ever say, somebody, sometimes you wonder and you talk to people and you, they say, you talk to them about the Lord a little bit and they go, I mean, I'm thinking, do you know the same Jesus that I do? Do you really know the same Jesus that I do? You know? And usually as they start talking is what they do. They tell me that they're focused on this. I pray today that we put this down and open our spiritual eyes to all that God has for us. Amen? And I'm going to give us three tips. If y'all want to write this down, it could be a whole other sermon, but I won't go that far. I'm just going to give you some, some tips on a grace-filled life. Three things, I believe, that we'll find in a grace-filled, spirit-filled life. Knowing Him, abiding in Him, and look at this, expressing Him. All three of these are available to us. Expressing Him. I want to express Jesus, but I want to express him well. Guess what? Sometimes I don't. You know? Does anybody else feel that way? Guess what? Get back in the game. Listen to what he says in the huddle. And let's keep on rolling. Amen? That's what I hope you hear today. Be that butterfly. Amen? So, so many times we look all around at everybody else's gifts and their times and their talents and what they're doing. So I'm asking today, are you shopping the gifts? Are you comparing everything to others? Or are you just looking at what God did for you? And I love this. this is, I wrote down, it's, it's about experiencing your gift. What is that gift? What is that gift? You say, well, buddy, you preach and you play. And you say, I didn't know I was going to do that. I didn't know I was going to do that at all. I knew I loved playing the guitar. And I really used to like playing the guitar for me. I don't care much about playing guitar for me. I just want to play it for him. And he said, put it down and say something, I will. And I'll be honest with you, you know when I first did? That was my crutch, man. But God said, if I say something, I just hold my guitar. Because I knew 
If things got tough, I could bang a song out, right? I'm just being honest. You might have a crutch today and say, well, I, I don't want to go too far out there. But as I turned around and gave that to the Lord, I turned to this. He entrusted me with more. He'll entrust you with more. But he knows what you got. He knows what you need. And, and you know, I, I talk about the gift today. I don't know what all the gifts are that God's given you, but I do know the one thing that he's given you. He's given, given you eternal life through the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And I pray that we're experiencing that. A lot of times we don't think we're going to experience eternal life until we get there. I believe God wants you to start experiencing that now. The grace, the freedom, the healing, the understanding, the forgiveness, the grace, and the mercy. And I, I just want to tell you today that you know what? You say, I don't know what my gift is. I'm going to tell you what one of your gifts is. Like I said, it's Jesus. Amen. It's Jesus. Totally, unconditionally, and eternally. It's not so much the question, what can we do with that? What can he do with us if we give him this? That's what I hope we hear today. And I thought about this. This gift is absolutely priceless. Absolutely priceless. But you know what? You can receive it today free of charge because it's already been bought and paid for. So I pray for you all today and I pray for myself and I pray for those that are listening online. I ask you to close your eyes and open your heart. And I pray today through the skits, through some of the amazing stories that God is working in your life and, and, and working in our life and in our life of our church. That you know what? We stop shopping the gifts, as I said. And we start embracing Jesus. I pray that we embrace the greatest gift ever given, the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray that we embrace His forgiveness, His mercy, His grace. And so this is what, right here at this time. This, this is your part of the service. To embrace what God's got for you. You might be here today and say, you know, I, I just got a lot on my plate. I'm going to tell you what, we're here, we'll pray with you. You can come up here and pray at the altar. You can meet me at the back door, whatever you want to do. I want to make every opportunity available to you to hear what God's got for you. I want you to hear this. I want you to hear that he loves you. That you are forgiven in Christ. All you got to do is call on his name. The Bible's clear. I say it every week because I want you to know. He says, you know what? If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Is that you today? If that's you today, I ask you to just raise your hand. We'll pray with you. Tell somebody today, you know what? I ask the Lord in my life today, this day, share that with somebody. Why? Because you know what? It's something freeing about sharing that. Amen. We can go to church for 40 years and hear about God. But today I want to give you an opportunity to meet God right here. Amen. He says, call on the name of Jesus. I pray we sitting here today. You say, Lord, forgive me of my sin. Lord, work in my life. Lord, today I'm putting my trust and faith in you. If that's you today, celebrate. Tell somebody. Raise your hand. Jump up and down. Confess the Lord Jesus Christ. Because it is a celebration. And if you're here today and you say, you know, I've done that, but sometimes I tell you what, I really get off the path. Well, guess what? God's want to draw you back on. And I pray that you hear his message today of forgiveness, of grace, of mercy. I want you to think back about that illustration about the two husbands. It's not about the rules. It's about the relationship. Grab hold of the relationship today through faith in the Lord.
Lord Jesus Christ. Open that gift of the Lord Jesus Christ today by calling on his name. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Give the Lord a hand clap.